Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline travel trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk, and I am very excited to be speaking with filmmaker Michelle Negroponte. In this conversation, we're going to be focusing on his recent film, 2023 short film, an essay film, as he calls it, Heard. And that film focuses on a herd of cattle that live next door to his home in Livingston Manor, New York, in the Sullivan County Catskills. And they are described as a herd of shaggy, belted Galloway cattle. Uh, The film begins with their delivery into the field adjacent to his home. And this leads to a kind of Uh, exploration, uh, his fascination with his relationship with them and even his own identity as as a human in relationship to the animals and uh, what what that connection is. Michelle Negroponte has made a number of films. It was in 2014 after many years of making long films that Michel began to make short films he shares after he turned 60. And Michel describes the shift from making feature-length films to these short films and says that he was driven by one impulse, the urge to feel liberated. I have watched his films over the years, and uh, we have not had a chance to speak about them, actually. So I am just so happy, Michelle, that you're joining me for Trailer Talk. Thank you, Sabrina, and thank you for inviting me. I want us to focus on, as you shared with me, a shift in the subject matter and the way that you have, have focused your subjects since the pandemic, and what that means. And your latest film, 2023, is Herd, H-E-R-D. And it focuses on a belted Galloway calf. I mean, that is the overall way we could frame this film of yours. And we're going to get into why it is a fascinating way to delve into what you are emerged in and the subjects in this documentary heard. Leading up to it in 2021 is a film that I watched called A World Before God. And to me, they're very related. So I'm interested in beginning with what is this shift so that when we enter your latest film, Heard, we have an understanding of, of what you are actually dialoguing with as a filmmaker. Well, in the past, I had made a number of films that dealt with the subject matter of mental illness and to some extent drug addiction. And they're tough films, films like Jupiter's Wife, Methodonia, I'm Dangerous with Love, and an autobiography of Michelle Marin. Again, the basic foundation is mental illness, and uh, and drug addiction. I think by the time I finished 
the last of those films that I mentioned in an autobiography of Michelle Marin in 2015, I was pretty burned out. I mean, it is a little bit like going into a black hole and trying to tell stories that are fascinating. And I really love the people that I was making movies about. I mean, each of the films is very character driven. So I can't say that I, I certainly deal with this kind of subject matter, but they're character driven, they're portraits. Nonetheless, I did feel burned out and I felt like I needed to do something very, very different. And that coincided with the pandemic. And my wife and I, we live in New York City, but we'd had this house up in Sullivan County in upstate New York for many years. And we came up here with the intention of staying for a week. And now it's two and a half years, three years later, whatever, and we're still here. Um, so it was not only a physical transition, it was also a creative transition. And uh, I started to do something that I'd really never done before, which is to film nature and animals um, and, uh, and kind of look at a more the world around me in a more lyrical way. In a more lyrical way, which actually I'm going to dive right into herd because in that documentary, you begin, well, the opening quote, and it's a written quote in the film against a black screen is, who dies if cow lives, who lives if cow dies? And you uh, write that it's a Hindu proverb. So we enter immediately this wor uh, philosophical world. And then as the film continues, there is another moment of text on screen that says, how's our adagio? And I want you to finish what you're referring to and what we hear, because sound is such an important part of your films as well, of course, as the visuals. Yes, thank you. Well, the opening quote, the Hindu proverb, is something that I stumbled across when I was sort of reading and researching some material about um, Gandhi. And there's a little brief section in the film about Gandhi. And of course, cows are sacred in the Hindu religion. And the more time I spent with cows, in this case, specifically belted Galloways, the more I sort of I, I started to think of them as sacred and very special. Um, so that's why I refer to that, why I use the Hindu quote. Later on, I uh, in the film, I use the notion that cows are adagio. I say specifically, uh, I think it's uh, 65 to 75 heartbeats per minute. So I think that is a reference to the kind of pace that cows live by. And I think that the heartbeat of a cow and the heartbeat of my film share something in common. The film is meditative, it's slow, it really kind of tries to look at the world of cows, and for that matter, cowness, in a very slow and careful way way. By the way, I, I should say that I use titles throughout the film, and not only in 
heard, the film we're talking about, but also in recent work, including A World Before God, which is the short film that you were referring to earlier, which I actually shot in the Galapagos. So this idea of trying to integrate titles, they tend, they tend to be fairly short titles, uh, into the film films is kind of a new thing that I've been working on. And I do that instead of, let's say, narrating the film or using voiceover. I think in great part, uh, it's because I see this work as, or these films as essay films, that there's a, they're really sort of driven by personal observations and ideas. And it's not just simple uh, cinema verite, but it has a, it's kind of personally driven. And it's almost like these ideas pop into my head as I'm thinking about the film or even making the film. And I share those thoughts. That's how I, you know, with the audience. And that's what I really want them to feel like. And they do very much. So you mentioned that they're uh, a filmic essay. They feel very much also like a letter in a way, uh, a, a kind of uh, visual letter, mm -hmm. uh, because your perspective enters in very strongly. And I'm fascinated how you've used your neighbors, these cows. Uh, these Belted Galloway cows and the birth of a cow to frame a kind of human history and questioning of our role. Because, well, how you begin with the story of Ferdinand, and I'm wondering if you can share how that emerged. And I learned so much, actually. Uh, I knew about the story. I didn't know the history. So could you talk to us about that? Yes. Um the cows are literally my new neighbors. I mean, they arrived about, it's now, I mean, I started making the film about two years ago. It took uh, over a year to make it. And they're literally my neighbors. And I was there the day they arrived on the farm. The opening shot of the film is literally the first time I met those cows. I went down there thinking that this might become something interesting. And I kept going back and the film gradually evolved. I think it's interesting the way you said that you learned something about cows and a number of other topics while watching the film. Well, frankly, I learned a number of things as well. And I really like the idea that the film feels present tense and that as I'm spending time with the cows and thinking and researching and discovering things about cows or rediscovering things about cows, I'm sharing that with the audience. So I really like the idea that that sense of discovery really informs the film. And one of the first titles in the film basically says that um, when that little calf arrives on the scene very close to the beginning of the film, that I'm reminded of the story of Ferdinand the Bull. Well, my father read me Ferdinand the Bull when I was oh. a child. And, and I think I read, read it uh, to my children when they were young. I love the story of Ferdinand the Bull, but I don't think I realized till I started making the film that the book was incredibly controversial. 
it was released in about 1938, just before the Spanish Civil War, and also just before World War II. And there were some people who really hated the book. The one I refer to is Adolf Hitler, who hated Ferdinand the Bull, because the, the pacifist theme of this children's book is something that he found corrupt propaganda. It was clearly the, the wrong message he wanted to send to the young people of Germany. When I say some people, the other person who really hated Ferdinand the Bull was Mr. Hemingway because he wanted to encourage younger Americans to go to Spain to fight in that civil war. The pacifist undertone of the story is something that uh, some pretty tough men objected to. And in the film, I do use images of Hitler and World War II and mention that Hitler had book burnings of Ferdinand the Bull. So I have to say, I was quite well, surprised. Well, and I want to say, myself. Michelle, here we are. You said the film feels very present. The subject matter is very present. You're talking about banning of books, book burning. You're talking about the rise of fascism and authoritarianism. You're talking about the juxtaposition between uh, uh, kind of ideas of peace and pacifism in the midst of a horrific conflict. So to me, as I was watching your film, what was astounding was how through this sort of gaze that you're illustrating for us in the film, through the eyes of a cow, through your own reflection, through your observations of your neighbors, a herd of cattle, what you uncover for us. It's true. I'm, I'm very disturbed by the world around us today. And, you know, as a sort of a child of the 60s, I thought when I was much younger that that we could change the world. And uh, certainly the Vietnam War was raging when I was a teenager, a young teenager, and it was frightening to me. Sadly, I think very little has changed. Uh, the conflict in the Middle East is is obviously horrendous at the moment. And, you know, depending on your political inclinations, I thought four years of Trump was equally horrific. And there's a chance that he may be reelected. I mean, for many of us, I think we find this um, regressive. Uh, it's the, These are tough things for, for, for us to, for me and many of us to, to accept. And it also makes me think, and I'm sure many people think, for the next generation, my children, my grandchildren, what kind of world are we going to leave them? So I think one of the reasons that I wanted to contemplate nature and animals and cows is that I found that incredibly peaceful, especially in light of the pandemic, which was another horrific event that had such an impact on the world around yeah. us, I mean, very, very directly. Um, and these are global traumas that have a significant impact on, on all of us from a psychological and emotional perspective. And in some cases, a physical perspective. The pandemic, by the time all of this is done with, I'm sure that at least 20 million people worldwide will have died. It's a, it's a staggering number, yes. and, uh, which is also reminiscent mm -hmm. of 
the the epidemic that uh, affected the world so seriously back in in 1917 1980 I, i'm forgetting the exact year how that also wiped out such a large population of uh, a percentage of the population right what that leads me to is how you also are juxtaposing these cows who've become your neighbors and your own reflection into yourself and even ideas around sentience and what that means and what responsibility we have. You even posed this question. I think it was something like, how do we justify this? I mentioned in the film, in a title card, I don't eat beef and pork. I don't eat mammals, but I do eat fish and chicken. And then I say, how can I justify that? Um, so I think what I'm saying, not only in terms of my diet, I'm also saying that we have such a complex relationship with animals in general. I mean, we both love them and we eat them. I mean, we love our pets, you know, it's, you know, cats, dogs, and the kinds of, of animals that can be domesticated and generally brought into our household, these are really important members of our family. And at the same time, uh, we may not eat cats and dogs, but um, we certainly eat a, a lot of mammals, a lot of beef, a lot of pork. I, I think it's, I don't like eating mammals personally. <laughs> I think mammals are are sentient creatures. They're important creatures. They share planet Earth with us. And I think they're very special. Thank you for sharing that, Michelle. You also reveal the similarities between human beings and cows uh, regarding DNA. Uh, so I'm wondering if you can expand on that. And also the creation of life-saving medical techniques. Well, I'm not sure I'm going to give everything away. Um, no, okay, don't give. Okay, so let's just say, okay, well, don't give. Because that's also, uh, cows really did have really saved a huge number of people in the world. Don't give it away, but I think what you just said, that cows we have been responsible for saving so many human beings. Right. I will say there's such a journey that we take in this, film of yours heard that does begin with uh, the Hindu proverb, Gandhi, Hitler, the story of Ferdinand. We go into Pythagoras and Aristotle and we go into the American West and Buster Keaton and uh, references to settling and colonization to the massacre of the buffalo. I mean, this is such, to me, um, such a beautiful construction in this film, Michelle. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, again, what I decided to do when I was making the film was to use the present tense material, which is entirely about this herd of belted Galloways. And then I used a lot of juxtapositions with the ideas and with the title cards, and for the most part, archival material that describes, for the most part, our relationship, human beings' relationship with cows. And again, how confused in a way that can be. In a way, I started to think that cows have evolved over the last 10,000 years. And sadly, I think humans have devolved. 
And so that's kind of a running theme through the film. Um, yes, you you refer to their relationships as a collective one. And of course, when we think of what a herd is, it is something that moves together. Yeah, and I think that we could learn a great deal from cows because in a certain respect, humans collectively <laughs> could move forward together. And there's just too much conflict and too much disagreement it seems to me to make that possible which again is maybe why i say that i think humans are in the process of devolving um but these are all the things that i work into the film because i think first and foremost it is an essay film it really is about ideas and it's really about the ideas that were generated by the process of making the film and for me, that's incredibly important. Yes, had me so emerged because even the techniques you use to film, like where our eye level goes because of where you placed the camera. And I noticed this with your previous film from 2021, The World Before God, that you said you filmed in the Galapagos. I experienced as the viewer being like closer to the ground, for instance, in some of the scenes with the cattle and that I was actually moving within, not that you were hovering above. Right. Well, that's something that I discovered in the process of making the film is that very often I'm actually just sitting on the ground. And when I'm sitting on the ground and more or less at the same eye level as the cows, they related to me very, very differently. They kind of looked at me as if I was no longer human, because I think they're maybe so accustomed to looking up at human beings. And suddenly, you know, I'm at eye level or if anything, a little bit below. And their curiosity was was triggered by simply me sitting and filming them from that position. Again, you know, th these are the things that you discover in the process of making a film which I think is so fascinating. It keeps me going. You know, nothing is ever quite the same <laughs> while making a film. You learn new and different things ab about, you know, how to best film a particular scene. I wanted to add that there's a scene in the film where all of a sudden you become present when we see just a tiny part of your hand reaching oh. out. And I wondered how you connect that to what you've just been sharing about that you were sitting on the ground quite a bit when you were actually filming the cattle. Yeah. Well, I found in particular the calves um, related to me very differently when I sat. They would actually come and encircle me. Sometimes they'd nudge me. But in that particular shot, there was the cow that was born when I, from when I began making the film is a cow that is a little calf that I feel uh, a great deal throughout the film, in particular in the first half. And there is something about the relationship or the growing relationship between the two of us that I was quite fascinated by, because at first she's so shy. Um, and I made some effort to see if I could get her to come closer to me. And I discovered that if I put out my hand, she was quite curious. So at one point, filming, and I 
I, I reach out, I hold my hand out. You can see that in the bottom of the frame. And she comes a bit closer. She's just about to sniff my hand and then has a second, uh, you know, a second thought about it and backs up. But um, I think it is the only time that you actually see me in the film. You see just my, my, my arm in my hand. Um, but, you know, I think the reason I included that and I, why I like that so much is that I want to remind people that there's somebody behind the camera. There's somebody making this film and it's me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that's an important thing to sort of remind viewers of on occasion. I'm there alone. So I record sound and I'm, I'm filming on my own. Um, and there is something about being solo. I mean, I think if I had arrived there with a larger crew, with a sound recordist and and an assistant, the relationship between the cows and in particular the calves and me would have been quite different. But it's just me sitting on the ground with a small camera, and it seems to perk that curiosity. Michelle, there's so much to talk about with just this one most recent film of yours, Heard. And I hope we can continue to have a conversation about it. I'm wondering if there's anything else you would like to share with us. You know, I think one of the wonderful things about making nonfiction films or documentaries is that each time I put myself into a specific situation, a specific film project, I learn so much. I thought I knew a lot about cows. And, you know, uh, I, I didn't. And I'm still by no means an expert, but, you know, I didn't know simple things. You know, I was very surprised by a number of things. I was surprised to discover that cows frolic. Uh, there's a scene where a mother and a daughter literally frolic together. It's really so surprising. I didn't know that cows could run so fast. Um, there's a scene where you see cows running and they gallop like horses. Um, I, I also was really struck by motherhood throughout the film. I mean, cows are extraordinary mothers. Um, I think we as humans probably learn something about, uh, about motherhood and parenting by watching cows, you know, 10,000 years ago and the way in which they are so protective and so warm and so loving and so gentle with calves. So again, you know, making these films and in particular her, I think is really about a series of small surprises. And that really is the narrative drive of the film from beginning to end. And Again, I think that's one of the wonders and one of the privileges of making these kinds of films. Thank you, Michelle. It's really such a pleasure to speak to you about your filmmaking and about your most recent documentary film, Heard. It had its world premiere at the Thessaloniki International Film Festival. It was awarded Best Documentary at the New Jersey International Film Festival, Best Documentary and Best Cinematography, the Choice International Film Festival. And I know it's continuing uh, to screen at film festivals. And for people that are in the Sullivan County 
uh, New York Catskills of the Delaware River Valley region. On November 11th, there is a special screening of Michelle Negroponte's film, Heard, at the Catskill Art Space. And uh, you can find out more about that at catskillartspace.org. And to find out more about the films of Michelle Negroponte, please go to michellenegropontifilm.com. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you very much. You're welcome. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels.